Right, it's Talk Derby to me. Um, this is 38. We've done 38 of these during during lockdown to speak to different people from Derby. I'm, uh, I'm excited for this one for a few reasons. I'm a Derby County legend, first of all. and um, But we had some entertaining stories from Campy about, <laughs> about this bloke when uh, when he came on. So we'll, we'll talk about that as well. Craig Bryson, Derby legend. How are you, mate? I'm not bad, mate. Yourself? Yeah, I'm not too bad. Thank you. How's, how's lockdown been for you? How's, it, how's life treating you? Um, it, it's been quite good, mate. It's been good. Um, I'm not sure if, if many people know that I spend like a lot of time uh, down in Kilmarnock in my family home and, and obviously travel up to Aberdeen uh, a few days a week. Uh, so it's like a three-hour drive, but it's not too bad. So I get to spend a lot of time at home with the family as well as trying to play football as well. But I think in, in lockdown, it's, it's trying to make them, them mostly like a bad situation. Also, it's a, a worldwide pandemic and a lot of people are, have lost their lives for it. And so I don't want to say I've enjoyed it, but like the fact that I've had so much time at home and, and seen like my, my son grow up, who just turned uh, one in May there, has been excellent. Uh, obviously, you don't get that time when the football season's going, but I think it's it's a bit of a balance. You'd obviously want to be playing football as well, but it's just one of the things you have to make the, the most of a bad situation. How have you found the, the transition up back, going up back up to Scotland? Is it is it something you've enjoyed? It's been good, mate. It's been good. Um, I'm not sure if you can still understand me. I don't know if you can put subtitles on a podcast, like. But <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's been good, mate. I've al- I've obviously not had a great season uh, due to injury. I signed I signed up at Aberdeen with the injury I suffered playing playing in my last game for Derby. Um, managed to get that sorted, then just played a pass my right foot and, and injured my left ankle, and I've had a bit of a bit of a nightmare ever since. Um, so hopefully I can get get back training um, with the lads and, and do a proper pre-season and be fit and ready to go this season. We've got a bit of admin to clear up before we, we get into your derby career and your football career. We had um, we had Campion, and um, yeah. <laughs> it's fair to say he gave you a little bit, and he's he's uh, he's texted me since and, and said hammering for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he's given me a few things. He said uh, he's going to call me a Judas. But you can say good job, uh, good job. He is a Judas because he's buying your coffee and your Nando's for you for six months when you was in Cardiff. <laughs> I as a Judas, mate. He is a Judas, but I'm pretty sure uh, Derby fans are called me a lot worse. So I don't know. <laughs> maybe just go over that. I'll maybe give him his moment. To be honest, <laughs> it's exactly what he said. To, uh, I said to him, uh, if he, if Bryce gives you a bit, we'll get you on as well. He went, no, no, let him have his moment. Let him have his <laughs> moment. <laughs> Uh, the usual stuff with him, the usual stuff, but nah, really, really top guy, Campy. I'd never say it to his face, obviously. Um, <laughs> obviously, I watched his game the other day against West Brom, and I texted him after it saying I was fuming that he never threw a couple in. Uh, <laughs> I was fuming that he got a clean sheet, so I had to sit and watch that and get him getting a clean sheet and him celebrating and all that kind of rubbish, but I was hoping he'd throw a couple in like, like he usually does, but uh, it's, it's one of them. I'll, I'll let him have his moment, probably. <laughs> the story he told about when you first arrived on loan at Cardiff and um, you addressed him by calling him a, a something red dog is, it, is the truth of that? <laughs> uh, it's a true story like, um, I think at, at Cardiff it was quite good because uh, we'd also won a couple of games so after in the changing room like, everybody's in a good mood and stuff but so I just thought I'd call him to, to see how he reacted like, it, could, it probably could have went another way you know what I mean like, he'd probably batter me if he wanted to <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we hang with just a good winner or something like that. So I just thought I'd test the waters because there's, there's another couple of them there as well, weren't there? Like Lee Peltier. Yeah. Uh, I think Lee Tomlin later that season went on loan to 
went to Monte Forest. Then Jamie Ward came in that, so I was I was surrounded by them for a bit. <laughs> oh, well done for fighting for fighting the corner, fighting the Rams corner. <laughs> uh, coming up for ten years, isn't it? That you since you signed first time for Derby, the two. 2011? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, at Kilmarnock at the time, and I think there was interest from a few championship clubs um, to, to sign you. What was it? Why was it Derby that you picked? Was, was Nigel Clough an influence on that? Uh, yeah, he had a massive influence on me at that time. And since then, he's had a massive influence on my career. But I think when I was, when I was 18, I played in a, a game for Clyde against Celtic. I remember Roy Keane's debut. Uh, I think I'd, I remember having like quite a good game and, and scored in that, and it was like one of the biggest cup upsets in like Scottish Cup history up here. Um, and I got a chance to go down to Derby on trial after that game. I think I must have been about eighteen at the time when Billy Davis was the manager. Uh, I, I can't remember if, if Derby had just been relegated or something from a Premiership or something along those lines. Mate, you'll need to check the exact dates and that. But they said I wasn't. Well, I wasn't ready, I wasn't good enough, whatever, to go straight into the first team uh, at that time. And they never had a reserve squad at the time. Um, so, obviously, I came back, came back to Clyde and then get a phone call to say that Kilmarnock wanted me. So, I went to Kilmarnock. But to answer your question, when, when obviously I knew Derby were, were back interested in me and wanted me to actually sign, then I'd, knew, I'd seen the training ground, I'd seen the stadium, I'd seen like all the facilities and stuff and... Ever, ever since like they told me that I didn't, uh, well, I wasn't ready to play for their team uh, back when I went on trial. I just wanted to get back down south, and luckily for me, it was back down to Derby. You realise like how big a club they are, uh, how good the fans are, the support base and stuff like that. So, I think when when Derby came in and then the other couple of teams showed an interest in me, I just wanted to get to Derby straight away. Was the initial rejection from Derby when you was younger? Did that kind of, when you went back up to Scotland? Was that a Saw some motivation to to keep going and keep striving and improving to to get back down into English football. I of course, of course, like you can you can sit there and feel sorry for yourself, and or you can just try and do something about it and improve that you are uh, good enough to play at that level. But to be fair, like I, I would probably agree with Billy Davis at the time. Like I was, I was playing the Scottish First Division. It would be a massive jump to go from the Scottish First Division down to the English Championship. Um, so it's probably, it probably done me a favour. I then went on to Kilmarnock for four years and came down to, to England with like a lot more experience. And I think because I've come down with that lot more experience, that's that's the reason I stayed at Derby for so long. Um, so yeah, sometimes you can use uh, the kind of rejection as motivation, as a positive, and it made me even more determined and worked even harder if, so I could get a chance to go back down in the future. Was the, the jump from... Um playing in Scotland to the Championship, because it's, it's fairly different, isn't it? Because you play like this, it's the same team four times in Scotland and the Championship's obviously a, a very competitive level. Did you find it a step up? Was it was it different? Uh, it was, it was a, I found it like a massive step up. I remember my, my debut at home at Birmingham. I think I touched the ball twice or something. I was just running about the pitch thinking, wow, I'm not ready for this. Uh, I felt like out my depth, basically. Um, so I knew I was obviously going to have to work hard, but... The manager, the manager, like said that I, I can play at this level. I was ready to play at this level. And then I think it was the next game we went away to Blackpool. My memory's not great, mate. Uh, <laughs> but I, I think we went away to Blackpool, and I, I think I scored quite early on the game. Uh, that settled me down, and I think ever since then, like I felt like I, I basically belonged at that level. It's 
Oh, yeah, you, 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 I remember that. I think it was 1-0 at Blackpool. I think I remember that game. And you remember you scoring quite early on. And then you, you went in a bit of a runner scoring quite a few goals. And what was the, the team like? Because when you first joined, like you say, it was a period of a kind of transition. I, don't, I know that's a bit of a cliche, but obviously Nigel Clough inherited a team coming down from the Prem and kind of had a job to do to lower the wage bill and, and keep us in the Championship for well, the first season the year before you come. So how did you find playing in that team? Was it Was it... Uh, do you think you added something when you first come in? It was really easy, mate, to be honest, because I think uh, Nigel does a lot of background work on the players he signs. Um, obviously, he wants to sign good players, but most of all, he wants to sign good characters and, and great lads uh, for the changing room. So the team spirit uh, is easy to get a part of. It makes like some parts of the training fun where it's just a laugh and you get to give people a bit of stick if, if they do something wrong and that kind of stuff. So... It's an easy squad that he assembles to fit into. Like every new signing, you want to come down and you want to you add something to the team and you have to prove that because I think when you're coming from Scotland, like you're, you're a bit of an unknown. Not many players in England will probably watch the Scottish League, so I'd probably say not many not many players down there had probably heard of me at the time. Uh, so I just had to come down and prove myself and prove myself to my teammates that I was, I was ready and I was good enough to play in the team. It, it, it was at a time when Derby were really, it was like the start of the, the upward curve that Derby's had in, a few, in the last few years, because I think it was the, a record of like 100 odd years, like the best start in 100 and something years. They won the first four games. Um, and even before McLaren came in, Derby were playing some good football under Clough. And then on the back of Steve McLaren coming in, it's probably, apart from watching the likes of Iranio, Bayano, Sturridge, it's the best football I've ever seen as a Derby fan, that, that kind of period. I, I I thought it was extreme half to sack Nigel at the time uh, that he got sacked. I don't know if anything happens behind the scenes or, or what goes on uh, to make a club make that decision. But I, th- I thought we were doing all right, considering like what he said, how he had to cut the wage bill, uh, change the whole squad around, uh, have a competitive team, have a competitive squad in a championship. On like we're not the biggest budget in the league. I, th- I thought he was doing a really good job. Mm. Uh, and obviously, today, we're still in the, like, the same position, do you know what I mean? We're still in the championship. And sometimes it just makes you wonder if, if Nigel got a, a bigger budget, some transfer funds or the managers got, then you never know if uh, things could have been different or not. But I owe so much to uh, Nigel McCree in, in my life. And just for the opportunity alone, uh, I'll forever be in debt for that. It's, a, it's a, an interesting point you raised because we did this, uh, I work at Radio Derby as well, and we did it as a discussion of, of, and of, a lot of people were ringing up, up saying if Nigel would have stayed and been given the time with what he was doing, it, uh, I think most of the people were saying we would be in the Premier League. Now, I think that's kind of a common belief amongst Derby fans that if he was given a little bit longer, he may have, um, he may have got us into the Premier League. But after he went, um, the first game was, you was captain, weren't you? Was it the Ipswich game on the Tuesday night? That must, have yeah. been one of the, that must have been one of the most extraordinary games you've ever been involved in. Yeah, it was It was interesting. Like, well, we were 4-1 down at half-time. Yeah. Uh, I, I, obviously, I think we lost to Forest and Nigel got, got sacked. Um, yeah. And it was maybe, I don't know, the Tuesday night or something. Like you say, we played uh, Ipswich. So I think we were just still a bit in shock that the manager had went. Um, I think there's a lot of players in the, in the squad and in the team at that time who owed so much to the gaff and I'm not going to say like, we didn't want to play of course that's like extreme but I just don't think we were ready for a game uh, mm-hmm. so soon after after hearing that news because 
everybody loved him and that and, and wanted him to carry on as manager. But once you go into the pitch, you've, you've got a job to do, no matter who your manager is. And our performance in the first half uh, against Ipswich was shambolic, uh, to say the least. But luckily, in the end, we, we got the 4 each draw and we actually came out with it with something. And I think that kind of then kicked up kick-started our, our season from there and, and took us all the way to the, the playoff final. I've heard a story. If you, I don't know if I've heard it told by ex-players or I can't remember, but I, is it true that Steve McLaren came in the dressing room at half-time of that game when we, when Derby were 4-1 down? Yeah, he came in. Yeah. Came in. He just, I think he tweaked the formation. To, from, I don't know if we were playing a 4-4-2 or something and he just tweaked it to a 4-3-3. And uh, ever since then, that's it. that's basically the formation we played in the whole time he was here and it, it worked for us. We also signed players to suit that system and we just had a really good balance and a good thought of it and it suited the players that we had at the club. Yeah, I, I did another podcast um, last week and we were discussing that season and I think it was uh, the, the side that Nigel had that you played under before. I think uh, Steve McLaren came in and kind of added just the one or two, like the Bamford, Simon Dawkins... Um, Andre Wisdom just just filled the gaps a little bit, didn't he? Just an extra little bit, and I think that would you agree? That's probably what got us to the playoffs. Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. It was like obviously Nigel's core uh, of team that he, that he signed and put together. Uh, McLaren just uh, tweaked it a wee bit, and luckily for us and, and for him, that everything just clicked into place straight away, and uh, we went on that unbelievable run uh, where we were just going into into games, kind of riding a wave, knowing that. We were going to win. It was like it's kind of a surreal feeling, to be honest. But I think I don't, I don't think I've ever experienced that in my my career, and I've not experienced it since. That we were turning up the games, and we know if we played the way we can play, that we would win the game. I love that you say we. <laughs> Still, do you, do you class yourself as a Derby fan? Nah, I've I've had a bit of stick for that over the years, and I've we a couple interviews I've done with Rams TV, and I said that uh, I'll be a Derby fan for the rest of my life, and then. The next day, I got into the change room and uh, I would walk in and the lads were like, oh, look, here's a Derby fan coming in that. So <laughs> I, I got a bit of stick for that. But it's true. Like, I think I'd, uh, apart from the football, Derby was a, a massive part of my life. Uh, a lot of things happened in my life when I was down there and stuff. In terms of getting married, like my son was born in Derby, stuff like that. That It's a, it's a massive uh, part of my life, Derby. And I'll, I'll never forget the chance that the clubs actually gave me. Uh, in the life that it's gave me and I'll forever be grateful and I'll, I'll always be a, a Derby fan now and hopefully when Luca grows up a wee bit we'll get back down to a, a couple of a Derby games to watch That's amazing that's amazing that makes me feel a bit emotional as a Derby fan but um, <laughs> as part of as part of as that season probably the greatest day of my life uh, I don't think I'll ever as a football fan see anything like beating Nottingham Forest 5-0 and the first player in 116 years to score a hat-trick. What are your memories of that day? <laughs> obviously, I love it. Like, it's, it's probably, well, it's uh, obviously the greatest day in my, my football career by, by far. I would uh, say it's the greatest day in my life if my wife <laughs> was in the other room. Like, but <laughs> uh, so it's definitely the greatest day in my, my football career and I don't think I'll top it uh, to the day I retire. I think going into the game we hadn't scored and something, something like that so we weren't going in like the greatest of form but I think everything clicked for us on that day and um, just to beat them 5-0 was, was amazing uh, but to score a hat-trick just made it extra special and 
when I was setting up to take the penalty, obviously I never knew the history about about Steve Loomer being the last player to do it and stuff. So it's one of them. It was it was an unbelievable experience and one that will never forget. That's one hat trick that we'll never forget. And obviously, I was at the Den in five-one victory, um, two thousand and fifteen, I think it was. Oh, no, 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 same. Might have been the same season. Um, Wes, and Wes. yeah, um, and obviously on Saturday, Louis Sibley scored a hat trick at the Den, um, and there's a bit of a bit of social media uh, <laughs> exchange between the two of you. Who's better? I think Jeff got. I think Jeff Hendrick got involved, didn't he? About which one was better and. Um, have you have you seen Sibley? Was Sibley around at the academy when when you was there? Have you have you seen much of him? He seems a prospect. Ah, uh, uh, yes, yes. You could always tell is he was going to be a really good player. Like as a club, we'd always go and watch like the the youth teams when they would play in like the the FA Cup down there or playing the cups. Like the manager would make it compulsory that we would go and watch. So you you kind of get a feel for players that are coming through, and he, the, the three that have actually came through uh, talk about ninety. Max Bird and, and Sibs, uh, yeah, they, they were they were top draw. You could always see that he had a really big future in the game. And for Louis to score a hat trick in what his second appearance or something and score yeah. four goals in his first two games and is incredible. And he always had the talent, uh, along with other two that I mentioned. And I just hope that all the attention he's getting now doesn't derail from what he can actually achieve in his career. Hopefully, he just keeps his head down and keeps on working hard and. Who knows what he can achieve in the game because he's definitely got to well his feet along with other two uh, at this moment. Yeah, I think um, Mel Morris made a statement, I think, last year of, of him wanting 50% of the first team to come through the academy. And I think when he said that statement, a lot of people kind of stopped and thought, that's a big ask. But then you look at some of the lads that are coming through now, it's it's like a real conveyor belt of, of talent that, that Derby's got coming through. Now, you look at what they're doing, like and the teams are competing with in the in the Premier League that they play in, and then yeah. they're going into the Champions League, I think it was, and, and they're competing in that. So they've got to have some right good players in the in the squad to do that. And I, th- I think it's probably about time that uh, Darren Morsell and Pat Lyons actually got like some credit and some respect for that, uh, for the amount of players that's actually coming through. And even when you look at your Will and your Jeffs and stuff. They all came through the, the youth ranks at Derby, so it's always been quite fruitful for the club. Yeah, and I know you had a, a good friendship with with Will Hughes when he came through. Um, yeah. What a talent he is. What a talent. I think um, I knew Will a bit, and I'm surprised. Well, that's not, it sounds like I'm slagging him off a little bit, but I, I always thought he was going to kick on a little bit more once he got into the Premier League. But I still think Will can, can really kick on and, and be a top six Premier League player. What was he like to play with? Because he's only very young wasn't he when he when he first broke in and was playing alongside you yeah he was young but like you, you probably sometimes look at him and think like I don't know you, you could maybe bully him but you, you definitely couldn't because he, he was so clever that he would always put the ball in a position where he just can't get it so when, in training every day it would just be so frustrating that he would never give the ball away and when you try to get near him like you just, you just couldn't get the ball off him there's, there's no doubt that he was always going to move on to the Premiership at some stage. And to be honest, I, I probably think he's more suited to the Premiership and, and how it's more technical and, and tactical and stuff. And the way, the, just the way he plays, I always thought he'd be more suited to the Premiership. And I've watched a few Watford games since he's been there and I, I think he's been excellent. And like yourself, I, I don't see why he can't then kick on and get another move and, and hopefully it's further up the table playing with a, a better team. 
yeah, no, I thoroughly agree. And it looks like I think Jeff Hendricks been linked with Milan recently. I think I saw that somewhere. So yeah, just showing the the quality that's come through. It's it's incredible at the at that academy and going towards the end of, of that season that we were talking about obviously absolutely robbed at Wembley um, I'm <laughs> over it though um, but, uh, <laughs> well I was about to say are you over because you you were you were on the bench that day weren't you it was that uh, I knew you were in, you were injured just before was I think was that, was that a factor in it or was it purely a tactical decision uh, I, I picked up a slight injury then very end of the first leg against Brighton it was maybe like 90 second minute or something I chased a ball into the corner or something and just had a, a bit of pain in my back um, and obviously like the two legs are pretty close to each other so I didn't make it in time for the second leg and then the lads were obviously unbelievable that day uh, I, think, I think the first goal was massive as, as soon as we went 1-0 up I think Brighton I, I don't want to take anything away for the performance by the because we were excellent that day and for really deserved the win. But I think Brighton kind of knew that the game was over as soon as that first goal went in. And speaking to a few of their players after, they, they kind of knew that. Uh, but the lads were unbelievable. And then when, when the gaffer basically told me to tell me uh, that I wasn't playing at Wembley in the final, I just kind of felt that he picked his team based on one game instead of like the previous 46. So yeah. I felt quite hard done by considering the season I had to to miss out on the, the biggest game of the season and probably the biggest game of my career. Uh, and also then just the way we lost, just rubbed salt into the wounds really, didn't it? And it was, it was one of them. You just have to go on with it. Yeah, I think, well, I went to Wembley um, seven years before that and we got battered by West Brom and 1-1-0. So it was kind of the opposite. <laughs> so we'd been in Shithouse really. But yeah, I sat in, it, watching that, I can't watch the highlights still now, but it was... Um, yeah, it's Aye, yeah. every time it comes on Sky, I just turn it off. Like I, I, I don't, I don't watch it. It was, it was so strange because I, I was sat near enough on the, on the like the segregation between the Derby fans and the QPR fans, and um, it was weird. They just got promoted, won a pro, and they were applauding the Derby fans. And as we left the ground, shaking our hands, and I think even they felt like we, <laughs> we, we shouldn't have had a chance here. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we dominated the game, and then Hank when they went down to ten men, uh, when Johnny Russell was going through. You just kind of think, like, if we can just not hold on. Like, we obviously wanted to win it in normal time, but when it got so late, you're like, right, just hold on, get to get to extra time, and then and then we'll hopefully win the game. Uh, and obviously, it wasn't to be. No, then the next season, I, I remember, I think my memory is as bad as yours, Craig, but I think um, <laughs> the next season, you was linked with Burnley, and um, I think Derby had a bid. Were, were you close to going, or was that something you never really considered? I, I'd probably say it was pretty close, mate. Uh, yeah. To be honest, it was also the chance to go and play in the Premiership. Uh, in the end, I decided that I wanted to stay at Derby, and if I was going to play in the Premiership, it was going to be with Derby. Um, I think just the way I get left out in the final and stuff, it kind of made mine and the manager's relationship a wee bit broken uh, from that day, and I just thought, well, I've got a chance to leave, etc., etc. But Derby then came to me with a, new, with a new contract, and I thought, I don't want to leave Derby. I'm settled in Derby. My family loved it down in Derby, and I thought, right, it's it's just time to stay and, and hopefully kick on, and hopefully we'll get a chance to go up again. And unfortunately for me, and unfortunately for for the club, then it never happened. But I don't I don't regret uh, staying. Obviously, like coming towards the end of your career, and obviously the back end of your career. Do you not maybe uh, you've answered it already? But I thought maybe you'd 
look back and say, I, could, I probably could have played Premier League football? Obviously, in, in your career, you want to play at the highest level you can, and it would have been good to test myself in the Premiership, but um, I think there's got to be a sense of loyalty as well. I wouldn't have been where I am today or at that time without Derby giving me the chance, and it would have been the case of jumping ship at the first opportunity, and I, I didn't want to do that. I wanted to, I wanted to stay, and I wanted to play uh, in the Premiership with Derby, the way the fans had been with me the whole time that I'd been there. And, when I'd signed, uh, we had a good relationship and I just didn't feel that it was, it was the right time to leave. Looking back over your whole your time at Derby, who were the, like the, the best players you've played alongside? I've, 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 um, I've put a few questions out, well, I asked on Twitter yesterday and just to get a few questions from people and one of them was, uh, who were the best players? Because from the stand, it's different. Obviously, you've got a different view, but the players you enjoyed playing alongside, I mean, you obviously had a good partnership with Chrissy Martin. That was... Like brilliant for Derby. You you seem to link up amazingly well. But who are the kind of the best players you you played with at your time at Derby? Uh, I, I think just I can't, I can't really think of everybody off the top of my head. But and yeah. that that season where a where a man managed to score like sixteen goals, I think John Eustace and uh, Chris Martin were like pivotal to that. And yeah. Without without Eustace just holding his position in the middle of the pitch and letting me kind of run about everywhere and get into possessions and make runs behind. Without him, I wouldn't be able to do that. And without yeah. the link-up with Chrissy Martin in that season, then I think a lot of the team would have kind of fell apart because I, I used to get like a wee bit of stick for not being involved in the games. But there's ha- half the time in games, I would like make like unselfish runs and make runs where I know I'm not going to get the ball, but I know it's creating space for somebody else. Um, and that's kind of what happened to me and Chrissy. Like, I'd make a lot of runs in behind. Uh, and he would come short. But the only reason I was making the run in behind was to stretch their defence and take Chris's marker away from him so he could get on the ball and turn and get it wide. And the fact that I made that run to start with kind of started to move and then I would just end up being in the box because I made that run. The cross would come in and then most of the time in that season, me or Chris would got on the end of it. So it's yeah. one of them. In that season, I really enjoyed playing with, playing with both of them. Uh, obviously, I had a really good relationship with everybody on the left-hand side and I played like, I knew what Fozzie was going to do. I knew what Simon Dawkins was going to do, etc. Yeah. I knew what Will was going to do because we, we'd worked on it like throughout the week. So it was a wee bit like hot work. But then under Lampard, it was it was good to work with like your Mason Mount, Tamori, Harry Wilson, Bogle, kind of stuff like that. That it's good to I then sacrifice myself in a different way uh, for that team. But to to get a chance to play with like superb young players uh, was excellent. But I wouldn't say I played with, with many bad uh, players in my time at Derby, obviously, considering we've always been up near the top end of the league and always been around the playoffs in such a competitive league. Um, I've had good relationships with everybody that I've played with, really. Yeah, and it's hard to start naming the good players because then the ones you don't name, it's, it's actually suggesting that they're not. I know what you're saying. Um, and you're talking about the running and off the ball. Didn't you break a, uh, you broke a start about the, the record amount of ground covered, didn't you? You'll be, I bet you all know it. I, I don't know exact numbers, but I think I think I broke a few uh, records at Derby, and I think maybe a couple at Cardiff just for being busy, basically just <laughs> running about <laughs> trying to create space. And I, I used to get labelled with just being a runner uh, off a lot of people, but it's it's not it's not easy to be able to run about for ninety minutes and run about at high intensity and still uh, be mentally fit to control the ball and, and pass the ball and, and that. So that used to frustrate me a wee bit that. 
I was just seen as a runner sometimes, uh, and I don't think you can get away with playing the championship for eight years if you're just a runner. No. Do you, the amount of ground you cover, do you have, do you have ever have, like the gaffer saying, oh, just rein it in a little bit, just be a bit more uh, clever with how you, where you runs, or or they they know you're you're fit enough to do it? Uh, I had it all the time. Like sometimes we're freeing it up. We've maybe got a game in the Tuesday or something. I'm still running a bit like an idiot on a Saturday. They'd maybe say like, "Come on, rest your legs a wee bit." Uh, we've, we've got a, a big game coming up on Tuesday, and then I'm like, "Yeah, no problem, Gaffer, no problem." The next time the ball will go forward, I run in behind, <laughs> and they just look at me acting like, "Right, so what are you doing?" <laughs> uh, I, I just used to get tired away sometimes. Uh, just wanted to give a hundred percent every time I played and. I think if I if I wasn't doing what I was in the team to do, then I'd I'd be letting everybody down. Cause I think what people don't understand is there's there's no point in having like every player in a team that is that same and be good at one thing. I think that that 2013-14 team was good because we had so many different uh, chinks in our armour. So yeah, it's one of them. I, I would start off a lot of things uh, by pressing to get the ball back, as like Will would do by getting on the ball and making his play. So it was like we all had different roles in the team, and we all had to come together to make it such a good team. Going going forward to to going out alone to Cardiff was how much of a how much of a say did you have in that? Did you go to the manager and say I want to get out and and play, or was it uh, forced upon you, or well, how did that come about? No, I never went to to the manager and asked to leave. Um, it came to me a couple of times and. I think it was pretty obvious that I wasn't going to start every single game under uh, the manager. I think I think if he could get other players out, uh, then I would have stayed. But I think they were struggling to get players out, to get the players they wanted to get in. I think I had I was one of the players that had a bit of interest. And we'd kind of spoke a few times and I'd say, oh, I just want to stay and I want to fight my place and stuff. But I think the closer it got to the end of the transfer window, I think the more, not desperate, but they're trying to bring in their own players and, I think I get asked a few times if I would if I would be interested in think interesting going alone. I think when you keep on getting asked, like you're basically getting told at the end of the day. Uh, yeah. Obviously, in the end, it worked out excellent going there and getting promoted. But uh, it, it was never my choice to leave. Yeah, and uh, when we had Campy on, Campy said what a big uh, influence and what a big part of going in with with the amount of games they had to go and what a big part you you were in the changing room and on the pitch and. It was really complimentary of the effect you had at Cardiff, so it worked out well for all parties there, didn't it? Yeah, it's, it's also nice to hear. Uh, you obviously have to go to a new club. They obviously know you from playing against you and stuff, but you have to go in there again. You have to prove yourself all over again that you're good enough to play in the team. And Warnock really wanted me. Uh, I think I went near enough straight into the team and barring another wee injury, I'd have played like nearly every game. So it's one of them. I, I really enjoyed my time at Cardiff, I'm not going to lie. Um, it was good. It was a really good group, group of lads. We all worked as hard as each other. We all wanted the same thing, just like at Derby. But there's just a sense in me that always thinks, I wish it was Derby that I was getting promoted with and, and not Cardiff without sounding uh, disrespectful. Yeah. No, I think you yeah, I think you're spot on in, in how you've put it as well. And, find, and leaving Derby for good to go to, to Aberdeen, did you find that a difficult decision? Obviously, like, as we said, coming towards the end of your career you've probably got a fair few years left in you but is it a, a case of moving back closer to, to home and family and and playing some some first team football it was pure, it was purely like a family family reason 
Uh, I think I said before in like Rams TV interviews and I think it was Derby Telegraph that I'd more than happily retire at Derby. I'd stay down here for the rest of my career, like not a problem. Then I had a, like me and my wife had a, had a young boy, young son, uh, and then we wanted our families to be part of that. So it was a case of just moving home and, and being closer to family uh, so they could just be part of his life, really, because I don't know if many people know, but my mum's my disabled. She suffers from MS, so for her to get from here uh, down to Derby, it's obviously quite a bit of a mission. Uh, yeah. A couple of years prior to, to that, my dad had a heart attack. Um, actually, when I was on my honeymoon, believe it or not, which was yeah. ideal. <laughs> so it was yeah, just a case of wanting them to be part, part of the part of like his life and stuff and I thought I'm always wary of like outstanding your welcome not that Derby fans will tell me to go or that but I think I'd been down there I had a I had an unbelievable eight years I just didn't want to stay there uh, for the sake of it and I thought coming home at that time uh, was the best thing to do so I had I had like a, a wee off on the table from Derby and I had offers from other teams in the championship at the time but it was a case of if I'm, if I'm not playing for Derby down south then I'm then I'm going home yeah, and you've given me and Derby fans some amazing memories in, in that eight years, and I think that's why you're still in Derby fans, in the hearts of Derby fans. I mean, like, I'm just off the top of my head, like Yeovil, the goal at Yeovil away, yeah. um, uh, Watford. Remember, the, I think the one we win two one, but rifled it in the top corner. Yeah, I know, I know. I think everybody was shouting, "Don't shoot!" <laughs> <laughs> I think I was at the back of the stand going, "Pass it, pass it!" Uh-huh. Oh, it's in. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? Why are you shooting for there? You'll struggle to even reach. Never mind if you score. <laughs> well, honestly, mate, some amazing memories like that. The, the two hat-tricks uh, and just being part of, apart from Derby finishing eighth in the Premier League when I was young, they're probably the best Derby side we've had. Um, so some amazing memories and I think you'll always be in the in the hearts of the Derby fans. Would it be, is a career in coaching or management on, on the cards for you? Is that what you want to go into or would it be more media side have you got plans for when you finish I, I don't really have many plans mate um, I don't think it will come as much a surprise that I'm quite into fitness and stuff like that so of course I as a personal trainer uh, I don't know if I'd rather be in football doing something along the lines of like the strength and conditioning stuff rather than actual coaching um, but I don't know it's, it's one of the things that I need to think about that I've not actually really done considering I'm coming to the end of my career uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I would never say never to anything, to be honest, at this stage. I'm, I'm always open to ideas, always open to opportunities. And, and hopefully one day it brings me back down and uh, hopefully I can be part of Derby again. Uh, fingers crossed, mate. I, I've, I've got two, just two more questions. I won't keep you much longer. I appreciate your time. Um, one that might be difficult, the last one's the most important one, but one that might be quite difficult to you, but it's one I'd like to know is what, if you could put into words, what does Derby County mean to you? Because obviously a Scottish lad is come down here and we've adopted you. I think you've kind of adopted us. <laughs> what, does the, uh, what does the club mean to you? Uh, it obviously means like everything to me. Um, I think, like I said to you before, just the part of my life that I spent in Derby, uh, I obviously loved it. I love obviously the club now. I said I'll, I'll be a, a Derby fan now today I die. And just the opportunity they gave me uh, was unbelievable and one that I'll, I'll never forget. And and that, that's it, really, mate. Um, I just, I just like can't wait to get back down to a game. Uh, also, I've not been back down since I left due to to still playing, and uh, obviously this lockdown and that. But uh, yeah, I can't wait to get back down and, and get back into Pride Park and watch the lads play. 
Amazing. And then, and when I asked the questions on social media, I think this was the one that got asked the most. Um, uh, forget about hat-tricks against Forest and goals and two player of the year awards and hundreds of appearances. Um, does he like, do you like Haggis and do you like Jaeger? Because I can remember, I can remember being stood on an away and the first time I hear that song and thinking, what the, what? <laughs> I know, I, I didn't have a clue what they were singing the first time I heard it either. Uh, it was quite weird. Uh, <laughs> Jaeger. Jaeger, I, I can drink. I can drink Jaeger if I've had a few drinks before it. Let's put it that way. I wouldn't say I enjoy it. <laughs> when somebody says they're going to the bar and they're going to get Jaeger, it's just a uh, do you really need to? Do you need to? Uh, like, I, I can't drink as it is. Never mind having shots all the time. I mean, I might, must be the only Scottish person that has two 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 uh, drinks and wants to go home. I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I can't drink. I can't drink at all. But Haggis is tremendous, isn't it? Of course, I love Haggis. Is, is it not? Do you know what? I've never, well, obviously I'm a lad from Chad in Derby, I've never had haggis, but is it? Is it alright? Is it? I might try it. It's alright, it's the uh, it's best way to describe it, it's a wee bit like spicy mince. Uh, oh. I don't think it's got much nutritional value for you to be honest on that, <laughs> and I'm surprised we don't deep fry it yet, but it's uh, <laughs> it's alright. <laughs> Sorry, get yourself a deep fried Mars bar, that'll sort you out. Yeah, I would do, I would do. Next, yeah. <laughs> well, when you come down, mate, if you want to, uh, we'll have a Jaeger bomb in Seymour's and watch a Rams game. How about that? <laughs> it sounds like a dream, mate. <laughs> nice one. Bryce, I really, really appreciate your time, mate. Derby legend. No bother, mate. Shoot you soon. Nice. Appreciate it. Cheers, Bryce. Take care, pal. <laughs>